Welcome to episode 5 of Tipsy Twigs. Let's crack open a cold one with your favorite benders. So today's episode, we got a few topics to talk about, and we will have a uh, new segment towards the end that we are going to be introducing into the podcast. Um, I know, Daniel, you have a bunch to talk about in terms of... um, some big news and teams like the Flames and everything. So if you want to take it away, go for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the main topic we're going to talk about today is really the trade deadline that's coming up in, what, like, I think it's like the 22nd or something, 21st. So in 20 days, like two weeks-ish. Um, yeah, so we'll really be getting into that. And, you know, once if more trades come out or... Once we have a better idea of what teams are going to do, you know, we'll obviously touch more on that in the weeks to come. Um, but I wanted to touch specifically on specifically on the Calgary Flames um, because on Instagram I saw something talking about their cap concerns uh, going into the offseason. Um, so right now, Johnny Gaudreau is a UFA in the summer, Matthew Kachuk, Andrew Mangiapane, and Oliver Shillington are all RFAs in the summer. And they're all having amazing years, um, so they are definitely going to get races on whatever they're making now. And the issue is their current cap space is $570,000. They can free up Zadorov, who's like 3.75 million, Good Branson, who's a little under 2 million, and apparently there's no one else that's above 1 million um, that they could free up. And so, to kind of give you an idea of how much of a pay raise these guys are going to get, here are their stats so far this season. So, Johnny Gaudreau has 20 goals, 45 assists, 65 points. Brady Kachuk has 26 goals, 33 assists, and 59 points. Andrew Mangiapane has 27 goals, 9 assists, and 36 points. And Oliver Shillington, keep in mind he's also a defenseman, 6 goals, 18 assists, and 24 points. Um, So they have people to trade. They have guys that can trade... Um, to free up cast face to keep these four guys. Um, they have Sean Monahan, who has a 6.37 million like cap hit. Tanev, who is Chris Tanev, um, is 4.5 million. Backland has 3 5.35 million, and Lucic has 5.25 million cap hit. But they all have no move tra- no move clauses in their contracts, so they decide if they want to stay or go. Um, they very well could decide to leave if it's not working out there, and you know they want to go and try to get a. Assuming Calgary doesn't get a cut this year, which I don't think they will, but um, they could decide to go elsewhere. Or, but. It's really up to them. So Calgary is in a very tough position as to what to do with those guys and how to free up the space to get them in the books. Um, 
No, I don't think they're going to trade any of them. They're going to have to do some finagling to really get them in and get everyone under the cap. Especially because Brady Kachuk, I mean not Brady Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk will really, because like what his comments when his brother Brady in Ottawa was, ha was having his contract discussions with uh, Ottawa, he was like, yeah, you gotta, like, it seems like he's really going to hardball uh, Calgary and he's just kind of get going to try to get the most out of it, um, out of his next contract. So he's going to get a substantial pay raise um, over what he's at now. Yeah, well, do you blame him? <laughs> no, I can't blame him at all, but it'll be, it'll be a very tough situation um, for them right now. And the issue is, like, then unless they got rid of some guys, hey, the guys I mentioned earlier, like, if you wanted to, if they wanted to go, like, you know, all in, like, this is our year. Next year, we're gonna have to move some guys on that we probably don't want to move on. Um, if they can't clear cap space in other ways, um, it might be a situation where, like, if you can move like Zadorov out. And bring some other guys in and really just kind of go for it, um, which is I think is probably what they're gonna do. Because it's like, all right, we're having an amazing year, we're doing really well. These guys are having outstanding years. This is our what, like our shot, you know, go all in and make the finals. Um, and you know, March them, not including those guys, they can march them. They're gonna. Fantastic year. So I'd say that's probably what they do. They'll probably try to move some guys to. They don't have a lot of cap space. It's the issue right now. So it's not like they can really go for like a Phil Kessel or uh, whoever else has like a rental. Because they look unless they'd have to. They need definitely have to move someone back um, for cap for cap reasons. No, I, to I I totally agree with what you were saying. I mean, it's going to be a very interesting. Time, the next over the next three weeks. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see what some teams do for for their for their cup run. Um, you know, obviously, yeah. Um, there's a, a lot of <laughs> options right now, and cap has been a problem. Just I think because of also the COVID stuff that was happening, um, that really changed a lot of. Of things for these organizations, um, oh, yeah. they also like weren't making cap. money. You know? Yeah, the salary cap was supposed to go up. The year they COVID is supposed to go up like another half a couple million or so, which isn't a lot, and you know, considering the entire cap. But for some teams, they're kind of banking on like, oh, that extra one or two million to have to play around with. Um, yeah, it could it could add up. I mean. And it's not gonna. Like, I don't think it's gonna go up until. I mean, maybe it's gonna go up in like the coming years, but like it's not. It's gonna be a little while before it really goes up. Well, yeah, we gotta recover first. At the earliest next year. Uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone said anything about this year. Probably not. Yeah. So it probably won't be until else next year, if not the year after that. They have to, I, especially I the don't... Canadian teams, have to recoup a lot of yeah. what they lost. Yeah, um, I don't see it happening next year. It's probably gonna be a couple. Before yeah. it does, it kind of I mean, depends. hey, listen, if <laughs> if they should do anything, which is just like the the players should just say, hey, I want to move, um, because 
from the Bruins with Jake DeBrusque. He requested a trade, and now he's on the top line. He's been on the top line for the past two games. And both games, he's been an insane contributor. I don't know if you've seen any of the games, but like... I haven't seen the games, but I saw he got a hat-trick last night. He got a hat-trick last night, and then before that, he's, I believe he scored two goals or something like that. He's got, I don't know, uh, like... It's funny, just, just request a trade and you'll start to do better. <laughs> I mean, Spurs goes over, obviously wasn't so immediate after you requested that trade. Um, well, no, it wasn't until they like, switched the lines around, obviously, that, yes. that helped out. That helped out because he. Um, I have a follow-up um, question after that. After I go to this this point, but it was like yeah. request the trade. Obviously, is while after it, but you know, now he's heating up and going off. And then uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, he's like, I hated how you like handled my surgeries. I want out. Now he's having a very good year. Um, <laughs> So it's, it's, I, it's kind just of like just say just say you want out, and all of a sudden your career just blows yeah. up. <laughs> your season will blow up. Do you think? So going back to my mm-hmm. follow-up question, do you think that DeBrusque is going to get traded, or like not maybe not now? You know, not like at the deadline, like most thought you originally. Mean like, uh, like like postseason. Yeah. Do you think he like because he wanted that trade? Do you think if Unless the season goes really well and things change, do you think things will change? Do you think he's gonna stay? Do you think I he think should stay? I think it's a tough, a tough one because he he's a good player and he's only twenty five, so he's got a lot more left in him. But he's so very inconsistent. He, this is what happened before. He had a he had a uh, season where he had like I don't know, like almost like almost like forty goals or whatever, like three years ago, and then he just couldn't keep that going. Like he just he just like fell off, and then he was having like you know twenty goal seasons or less, and then you know that it's not bad. It's never bad, um, but he's just like so inconsistent that I have a feeling if. We don't have him like an amazing cup run. He's gonna be traded. He's gonna he's gonna get what he wants, and it's gonna be a trade. Um, it'll be sad to see him go, just because he is so young and he does have all this potential that we ha- you know we're just starting to see now when he on on this like this line that has these veterans that are backing him up, which I think is really good for his game um, because before he was on a line with. Um, uh, I believe it was Coyle, him, and it, it changed a lot. It was Frederick, and then it was, oh, I can't remember. That, 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 like, third line changed so much, I don't, I don't remember. That was never really consistent. Um, and he did well, but he, I think it helps that he's with two veteran players. And, I, oh, and so he's kind of like, oh, shit, you know, I gotta step up my game if I'm gonna be playing on this line. You know, yeah. um, while I would hate to see him go, because like I said, I think he's got some pretty good potential. I think he's, you know, once he finds his stride, hopefully he can, you know, be more consistent with it, keep it going. Um, but if we don't have a good run, I think that he will get what he wants, and he will be, he will be traded probably for, you know, to 
have some cap space as well, though, because you know Bergie's contract is ending this, this end of this uh, season as well, um, which is something that I, you know, obviously, Don, you know, Don Sweeney and everybody is like thinking about in the back of their minds too. They're like, well, we're, we're not giving up. You know, if, if someone has to go and it's between Bergie and, and DeBrusque, it's like, who who are you giving up? <laughs> you know, are you giving yeah. up? You know, your top centerman who has all of this history with you and, you know, this amazing career in the Bruins organization? Or are you giving up the younger guy who has a bunch of potential but has been very inconsistent for the team? There's, there's a give and take there. I mean, I still love Dabrowski. He's a good, he's a great player. And I, you know, if he does get traded, I wish him well wherever he goes. But uh, it'll still be sad to see him go. Do you think... I guess depending on how the like if Brickies just signs a new contract, it, there's bias and you know doesn't matter. But um, say he decides to retire, or maybe does what Chara did and goes on and wants to like go to like Colorado or you know whoever to like try to win a cup like one last time. I don't see that happening. I think he's going to retire to Bruin, but yeah. Just say that happens, or that he retires at the end of the season. Um, do you think the Bruins, maybe not fully, but kind of blow it up? And at that point, Jake DeBrus definitely, regardless if he wants the trade still or not, you know, gets moved. And you know, obviously hold on to Pasternak and McAvoy, and I guess definitely still Marchand. But like, you kind of trade away guys and try to get picks and do a rebuild and. So are you, are you saying that are you are you asking me if Bergie at the end of this season has decided? Saying? Yeah, if he decides he's done, do you think they could say, "All right, yeah, we lost the top line guy, but we try to, yeah, but we try to get some sort of center." Yeah, like, I don't no, know who you get, but <laughs> so um, like, I think that that'd be the issue. It's like your center depth would go from Bergeron to. Listen, we don't have good center depth to begin with, so if we lost Bergie, I think we would need to really reevaluate our mm-hmm. team. I don't, you know, I don't think we'll be horrible, but I do think they will. They will have to think about, you know, when Bergie leaves, and then you know, Marshawn will be a little bit after, not too far after him. You know, I think once once these these players of these these high caliber, not that other players or teammates of them aren't high caliber, but you know what I mean, like clinical all stars. Um, you know, once once they start realizing, you know, that that's kind of in there, I do think there's going to be need a, a decent rebuild to to happen. I don't think we would really make it very far without a shuffle. You know, I think there's key players like you said, like like Pasta and McAvoy. I think Hall will stay for a little while longer. Um, you know, I think probably Coyle will stay in for a bit. Grizzlick. Do you think do you think if they decide to blow it up you know, obviously like there's a the few guys that shouldn't be traded because they're still young enough and even if you went through a rebuild they'll, you know, probably be only like late twenties at that point by the time they're competitive again. I don't know how old uh, Pashanek is, but you know, Pashanek, Magafoy, Swayman. Like, you got, like, that's a core. Right like there. late 20s, I think. Is he late 20s? Yeah, I don't think he's in his 30s yet. 
I have to, I have to double check. To be honest. I, no, I mean, yeah, but like these guys will be like late twenties, early thirties at the most. By the time he would, if he went through a rebuild, by the time he'd be competitive again, at least you'd hope. Um, do you think they should be like, all right, see you Hall? We're gonna try to get it as much as we can. You know, Craig Smith, uh, Charlie Coyle, etc. You know, maybe even Brendan Carlo. Like, yeah. do you think they should be like, all right, like we like you guys, but we need to like get picks and prospects. So, I don't see that happening at the end of the season. They have too much of a base, even if Bergie were to, to leave. Which he's not going to leave at the end of this season, but if he were, let's just say he were, I mm-hmm. don't think that time would be like the right time to do so because they still have a decent base. They will have a hole in the centerman position, you know, the way Bergie plays. But I don't think they would be at such a detriment that they would be completely out of it. But I don't think the rebuild would have to happen right when Bergie leaves. I don't. I don't agree. I don't think Bergie is the end all be all where. Rebuild has to happen once he's gone. I don't believe that. But what I do think is that when they do start to do the rebuild, yeah, they're going to get rid of these players that we are getting accustomed to to bring in younger, newer players. Yeah, I mean, when we traded Rick Nash to you guys, he wasn't supposed to be done yet. Yeah, and then the concussion stuff, you know, you just can't control it. It's just too many, and the injuries just caught up with him, and he had to retire for health reasons. So, at that, like, we, in that regard, you, you never know. Um, maybe he still wants to. Well, yeah, that's a concern with Bergie, too. Yeah. That's a concern with him as well because just he has such a big history of concussions. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. okay, let's not get hit a few too many times. Now. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of seems like an unwritten rule that, like, nobody really cares about that. Oh, you don't want to be the the reason why he, he gets <laughs> his his season ends his career ends <laughs> anyway circling back i also wanted to talk about the leafs and their current goaltending situation so they've had uh, this past month uh like you know jack campbell up until this point has been quite good and he's in the vesna consideration for most of the year so far but in february he had a eight eight ninety four save percentage, and and in January hit it eight seventy nine. So the past two months, he hasn't been very good at all. Um, I mean, the Toronto's been good because they've gotten a lot of offense. Um, hence the it was a Detroit game where it's like ten to seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that number and I thought it was. I saw like um, I don't know. I think I was on like FanDuel or no DraftKings or something like that, and I saw the number because I lost the parlay, so I wanted to see what I got, and I, I it, that wasn't the one that I lost. Thought like that wasn't the actual one that messed up my parlay, but I was like looking at it because it will show you the score of the game, and I was like looking through, and then I saw this ten to seven number, and I was like, I was like that. The game already happened. What do you mean 10 p.m.? Like, I was like, what? <laughs> Why would we be waiting till 10? It already happened. And it, like, hit me that that was the actual score. It was 10 to 7. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. 
I didn't think it was real. I thought that if for some reason DraftKings messed up and was like telling me it was at 10 p.m. That, that night or something. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. Not like goaltending battles, obviously. <laughs> no. It was no. like, who can score more um, in the 60 minutes? So, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch it, but it seemed like a pretty insane game. And I'm sure if it was one of my teams, I'd be. Yeah, it'd be exciting to watch, definitely. I mean, oh, for, for sure, but I've, if you were betting on that game, there was no way you were betting that game went to fucking 10-7. Oh, no, but maybe. <laughs> Unless you, like, earlier on, you betted, like, over, like... I think they usually start at, like, five and a half. It's, like, that's yeah, the it's, over. It's usually over-under six or something. If like you that. bet the over, and, like, that was, like, the... I don't know if that was the, you know, the underdog bet, but if that was... <laughs> Made out, so. Or if later on it was like seven and a half or something, it's like I know. I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna check my bets right now because like I have parlays that are probably not hitting tonight. You know, your your damn Rangers messed up my my like three parlays I had the other day. That don't get, I got, we'll get to that, but like freaking heck. <laughs> don't get me started on how bad. Okay, we'll we'll get back. We'll circle back to that. You finished <laughs> what you're saying before, but I was mad. At you and for you at the same time, just yeah. putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you watched it, but yeah, it was a, a rough game. Anyway, so we'll go back to Toronto. So, I guess the question is, I think it's a slump, just like a slump going on for him right now. I, I think he'll, you know, get back to it, and they'll, you know, with goalies, it's weird. They like they'll be insane, you know. For a couple of months and then fall off. And then, I mean, look at Edmonton. You know, he had an insane start to the season and then he fell off. He's just having, in like, a slump right now. Because, like, you look prior to these past two months, he's, like, at, like, a 921 or something save percentage. So, I think he'll, he'll, he'll come back and, I think, return back to what... Uh, you know, return back to the mean, so to speak, and come back to normal. Um, where they, what I do think that they should do, and I'd imagine they probably will do, is that they'll pick up a backup goaltender for moments like this where he's not playing well and they need some guy to come in and take the load. Um, because their backup, Peter Mrazek, has an 894 on the season. So he hasn't been good all season, and they really need to show up that position for if he's Jack Campbell's going through a stint where he's going through right now where he's not playing well or you know if he gets injured or something so they definitely have issues tending wise um, so obviously I mean it's the Maple thing they're going to go for like a defensive defenseman to try to show up their defense again um, try to pick, pick up someone cheap and you know and then just hope that they're big stars go off in the playoffs, even though they haven't really in the past few seasons. Like, they play really well during the regular season, and then they kind of, for the most part... Fall flat. Fall flat in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, if they need one position and they can't fit on anything else, they have to go for a bag of goaltender. I don't know who that is. Um, I know the Rangers are seemingly shopping Georgiev. The issue with Georgiev is, I think he talked to, he talked about it in an interview um, where he said he's very, he was very much like Hank where 
he needs the game time inconsistently and it basically be like the starter and take on the load. He plays really well if he gets like a run of games and is constantly playing. But as soon as he's he's not he's like he can be good enough to be a starter, I think. But I mean in the situation right now obviously he's not getting the starts over Igor. So if he went to a place where he could get the starts and be the starter. I don't know if that's Toronto because when Jack Campbell's on, he's on. Um, for him to like kind of get basically be the starter, or at least be like the one A, where he's getting the majority, or like he needs to go to a place where he's getting the brunt of the games, and he's really like Toronto can't afford Flurry. As much as I'm sure they might want him, um, they can't afford that. No one, no one's gonna take Peter Mrazek off their hands to so then switch him out for. Just like maybe if he went to like Detroit or something and picked up Grace or someone, maybe I don't know. Um, maybe if he went to like the Devils and picked up uh, Bernier, Jonathan Bernier. Um, that could be options. Uh, I'm not sure what their cap hits are, but. So, like, they do have some options, but, yeah, they only have $91,000. That's it for their cap? Yeah, that is it. They're they're freaking screwed, they bet. Jack Campbell, actually, this is his last... Jack Campbell's actually UFA at the end of this season, so that's going to be rough for them. Introducing a new segment today to the podcast. Um, This segment is kind of a little competition that we've decided we're going to do throughout the uh the hockey seasons when they're when they're up and going and this segment is our tipsy twigs tournament this is where we are going to talk about some important games to look for some some very you know competitive games to look for in the coming week and that we're going to pick a game a day for that week and we're going to try to guess who make predictions on who's going to win what this and what the score will be and the idea is that we're actually going to keep score between Daniel and I and we're going to do it out of 3 points so if you guess the correct winner you get 1 point if you guess the correct score you get 2 points if you guess the correct winner and score you get 3 points so just to briefly explain the difference between the last two is that for two points, let's say the Rangers and the Bruins are playing and I predict that the Bruins are going to win and the score is going to be 4-3, but the Bruins lost to the Rangers, but it was 4-3. I still got the score correct, but I did not predict the right winner. So I get two points for that. And that's how we're going to go. Um, we will be posting on the Instagram on the stories, polls for who we, who you guys are predicting is going to win those games um, to give it a little bit more, you know, interactive for you guys as well. With the games Wednesday, the uh, Rangers versus the Blues. How much to take it away? What do you, what you got? I'm gonna go. Like the heart wants the Rangers, obviously. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I think it's gonna the scores. I think the scores a bit easier for this one. I think the scores gonna be like slow scoring two one. You know, maybe maybe three. We'll do three one. 
<laughs> getting nervous. <laughs> I think it's going to be... The only reason I'm saying it's so you want because of the empty netter, but I think it's going to be kind of what's been happening the past you know, few games where it's like the Rangers play well defense. You know, I hope I'm wrong when I make this prediction. I can't do it. I can't. I can't go against them. I'm going to say two-one Rangers. <laughs> two-one Rangers. All right. See, I'm going to say the Blues are going to win. I think the Blues are going to win. Sorry, sorry, bud. Um, I think the Blues are going to win, and I think it's. I think you were right with three-one. I think that was a good, good prediction for that one. You know, they, whoever the Rangers facing goes up, the Rangers aren't playing well, they can't get scoring, and then, you know, final, like, ten minutes of the game, they turn it up, they get a goal, they make it close, and then an empty net goes in. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. So, I could see that happening. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't go against it. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. couldn't do it. Exactly. Yeah, I think you're right with that one. It could, it could screw me points-wise, but... <laughs> I had to follow your heart. <laughs> um, Alright, and then the other game to watch out for that day, um, it's going to be a good one to look for, is the Kings versus the Stars that day. That should be a fun one. They're pretty close in standings right now. Alright, and then the next day, what games we got? We got, um, we got like three games to look out for here. We have Pittsburgh versus Tampa. We have Carolina versus Washington. And we have Vegas versus the Bruins. Those three games are going to be the top three that day to look for. I'd say the biggest one's probably, uh, was it Carolina? Carolina, Washington, Vegas, Bruins, Pittsburgh, and Tampa. You got all of that wrong. I got all of that wrong. You just said wrong. None of those lined up. Let's do Pittsburgh Tampa. I think that's yeah, Pittsburgh Tampa. Unless you have a... no, no, it saves me from having to say anything about the Bruins. So, all right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll let you start on this. All right, all right. Um, Pittsburgh Tampa. Pittsburgh. Well, I'm going to go with Tampa. Um, Pittsburgh's been a little wishy-washy. Uh, in terms of, of delivering recently. So I'm going to go with Tampa, but I do think it's going to be a bit higher scoring game. I think I do think that this is going to be a pretty back and forth quick pace game. So I'm actually going to say it's going to be about 4-3 Tampa. I think I don't know, I think I think don't like Pittsburgh, but you know, I think they'll I think they'll Pull it off, and I think Tristan Jari stands on his head. It's a, like it's still relatively high scoring, and that is like three-two Pittsburgh. And uh, that Friday, um, we got three games also that are going to be pretty intense. It's going to be uh, Pittsburgh again versus Carolina this time, the Kings versus Columbus, and Vegas versus the Ducks. I'm gonna. I don't know. I think the Pittsburgh Carolina one, you know, as of right now, it's battle for yeah, it's battle for first place. I don't know how close. I only haven't looked at the standings recently, but I believe it's at least it'll bring Pittsburgh closer to 
first in the matchup. I don't know if it'll put them in front, but as of right well, now, but Carolina has like three games in hand. Yeah, but like as of right now, like at least it, it won't it won't put them ahead. It oh, won't put okay. them ahead. No. I mean, they'll they're, bring they're them down by to, by four. It'll bring them closer to Carolina at least. So I think it's like it's like um, the what is it? Ducks, um, Sharks. No, Vegas and the Ducks. Vegas and the Ducks? No, I don't know. Tell me, I listen to you? You don't listen to me. No, I like that. I don't like that. That one, I think. The other one's Kings and Columbus. We can do Kings and Columbus. Let's have like a high, like a higher up, you know, kind of thing going on. Alright, I'll start off with this one. Um, I'm going to copy you now. (laughs) uh, Well, you'll get all three points then. Oh, really? You're that confident that you're going to get all of that right? Yeah, I'm going to go Kings. Nah, you're already wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say 4-2. to 4-2, huh? Let's see, I'm also going to say the Kings. 4-2, uh, to no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think the Kings are going to win. I'm going to say 5-3. Now, the Saturday, um, we have three games again. Blackhawks versus Flyers. Flames versus Avs. And the Bruins versus the uh, Blue Jackets. Did you catch all those, or do I have to repeat them? Did you I hear Pittsburgh somehow somewhere in there? Because mm-hmm. they weren't mentioned. I think that uh, the Colorado came. Colorado. What do you say? Colorado and the Flames. That one should be. Oh, I'm torn. All right, I'm going with the underdogs. I'm saying that the Flames are going to win. That's what I was going to say. I think it's going to be kind of low low to mid scoring um, and I think it's going to be 4-2 4-2? yes I think it's going to be 4-2 I'm going to also go the Flames but I'm going to go higher scoring 5-4 two high scoring teams <laughs> yeah but they're playing against each other which usually means that it's not going to be a high scoring game you never know you know your your opposites cancel out what is that called? Yeah. There's a name for it. What is it called? I don't know. PEMDAS. No, that's not right. <laughs> that is nothing. <laughs> that's math. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, op- yeah, opposites. Opposites yeah. cancel out. Anyway. Opposites attract. I've heard that. Yes, but that's not what I'm saying. But they, but these cancel out. So but that's my lose. <laughs> Basically, what I'm trying to say in a very roundabout way is you're going to lose and I'm going to win. And it's going to be a good day for me. Sure. Okay, last last day, um, we have the Sharks versus the Ducks, or the Star versus Wild. Those are the two um, close games. I'd say, I don't know, what, are, what are you thinking? I was thinking Wild and Stars. Yeah, it's kind of leaning more towards that mm-hmm. one. They're both so close, but I think... Yeah. That one's more of like a playoffs. At least for Dallas trying to get into playoffs. Yeah. It's closer to like a playoff kind of race thing. Uh, it's got to be Minnesota. Um, yeah. Minnesota. What's the score going to be? I'm going to go Minnesota score? 4-1. I think they're going to blow out Dallas. 4-1. Wow. Yeah. Not even freaking close, my guy. It's hard, but I think I'm also going to say wild. I think 4-1 are definitely very good. Like suspiciously mm-hmm. good. That's why I think it's wrong. 
<laughs> you just think all my guesses are wrong. So. <laughs> I'm manifesting it. I'm putting it out in, into the universe so that I can win. I can win uh, whatever we're writing, 100 bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. At the end of win. the season. Yep. Whoever wins gets 100 bucks. Yeah. I'm going to win. I could use the cash in right now. <laughs> um, You're wrong. And I'm going to say 4 2. So one off. <laughs> Alright, those are, those are my guesses. Those are your guesses. We are going to find out next week where we, where we lie. We're going to end this episode like we always end all of our episodes with a game of Tipsy Twigs Trivia. Um, and as a, you all know, this is interactive with you, the listeners, as you should already have your favorite beverage you know next to you. Please only drink if you're 21 or older. We here at Tipsy Twigs do not condone any underage drinking. All right, so let's get started. So the first question is, which NHL player has played in the most regular season wins during his career? Scott Stevens, Mark Messier, Ray Bork, or Wayne Gretzky? In the most regular season wins. Yeah, well, it's, uh, my guess is between Ray Bork and Wayne Gretzky. Um, I'm going to say Ray Bork. Not correct. It was actually Scott Stevens. All right, well, <clears throat> that's a drink. For me, that was like a cross between moi and me. I was like, moi. <laughs> Woo. All right. Tipsy, as the podcast name suggests. Uh, <laughs> all right, for you. Nashville's Jordan Tuto is the first NHL player of which ethnic background? Australian Aborigine, Polynesian, Canadian Inuit, or American Aboriginal? Let's do American Aboriginal. You would be incorrect. He is Canadian Inuit. Oh, that was the other one I thought. I was going to go with that one. I was like, no, let's do the American one. Dang it. <laughs> <Play> it safe. <laughs> So which 1960s players first made waving to the crowd as then rise popular after receiving a star of the game? Johnny Bauer, Eddie Shack, Jean Bellevue, or Gump Worsley? I'll be honest with you. I recognize only Johnny Bauer. <laughs> That's the only name I recognize, so I'm just gonna go with that. But yeah, Gump I mean, Worsley, well we so. yeah, <laughs> doesn't seem like a real name to me. It seems like somebody made that up. But I could be offending a whole group of people right now by saying that. <laughs> but I'm gonna go with Johnny Bauer because it's the only name Johnny I recognize Bauer? out of all, all right. um, out of all of those names. And you are correct. It <laughs> <laughs> worked out for me. <laughs> this one is definitely a more history-based trivia one, this, this, this episode. History. When Danny Heatley scored four goals at the 2003 All-Star Game, he unseated Gretzky as the youngest All-Star to score a hat-trick. 
how much younger was he than Gretzky? One month, one year, one week, or one day? I'm going between one week or one day. I feel like one week kind of just, I know, it sounds right, but also one day, I feel like it's a crazy enough one that one day would be. <laughs> so which one I'm going to go one, I'm gonna go one day. <laughs> one day? <laughs> just one weird. day? You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> it just like kind of stuck out where it's like, it's so crazy that it has to be right. <laughs> See, I would have done the opposite. I'd be like, "That's too crazy. No way. It was just a day." I would have said, "I would have said a week." I definitely would have said a week because I'd be like, "That's more reasonable than a day." All right. Next question is: In February two thousand three, a group of forty amateur players from Alberta set a new record for the world's longest hockey game. How long did they play? Hundred hours, forty hours, eighty hours, or sixty hours? I, I know this. I remember hearing about this too. And I don't. Where I know this, <laughs> and I probably know this when I was more sober. I and I remember hearing about this too. Um. Oh my gosh, over two days or something. So I'm gonna say sixty hours. I'm gonna say sixty 60. hours. Yes. You are incorrect. It was 80 hours. <laughs> okay, well, I was right about over two days. You were right about that. Oh. Imagine <laughs> playing for just four drink. hours. I'm going to drink, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> for four days? That's like f- more than more than four That's days. That's crazy. Yo, that, mm, I don't think my legs would work. <laughs> yeah, brutal. They must have had so many line changes, like, all the time. Like, you get out on the ice and you step back up on the bench. <laughs> Oop, that was enough for me. I like, just getting over Take the boards. Nope. I would just, like, <laughs> just, like, crumble. Like, just hopping back mm-hmm. onto the ice. I feel like everybody would just fall on the, gr- on the ice. Like, your legs wouldn't want to hold you up anymore. Yeah. People would just be gliding along. No, no. Real skating. <laughs> there wouldn't be skating. I would just be like, take me. <laughs> no. I would do the, the, the beginner stuff where you do like step, step, glide. <laughs> you take no. one foot, you push, the other foot, you push, then you just sit there and you just glide as long as you can. <laughs> That's what I would do. I think halfway through, just probably Superman it and just that was that would be my contribution. Mm-hmm. Just sliding across the ice. For you, who finally took over Mike Gart- Gartner's as the NF- NHL. Oh my god, I need to. Hold on. Maybe if I drink more beer, I can talk better. Hold on. Ah, okay. Much better. <clears throat> Who finally took over Mike Gartner's as the NHL fastest skier? Sergey Zubov of the Dallas Stars, Jason Chimara from the Oilers. Marion Gaborkic of the Wild. What? Gabrick. Gabrick. Oof. Gabrick of the Wild. I really destroyed that name. Um, or Saku Koivu of the Canadians. I think it was Jason Chimera. I honestly don't know. 
You're correct, Jason Cameron. Let's go. The Oilers. No drinking for me. I know you. I need you to catch up. I'm. I'm like, can't read anymore. <laughs> That's a lie. I can read, but. No, I never, yeah, hold on, let's just get this out there. I never could to begin with, and then I'm getting tipsy, and now I'm drinking, you know, makes it worse. Alright, this question is, when Canadian-born Haley Wickenheiser joined their Kirko Numi Lightning of the Finnish League in 2002-2003, she became the second woman to play in a men's pro league. How many games did she play before she scored her before she scored her first goal? Six games, three games, one game, or she never scored a goal in 2002-2003. Okay, I feel like a bad person for not knowing who this is. <laughs> but women power and I'm going to say one game. She just like showed him the fuck up. <laughs> one game. You I are bet. Incorrect. It's actually six games. So she did score. How many games did it take before Cliff Ronning scored his first empty net goal? 500 games. Over 1,000 games. 100 games. Or Ronning has never scored an empty netter. I'm going to go 500 games. So I'll just guess the game at this point. <laughs> <laughs> It's over a thousand games. I was thinking about that one too, <laughs> just because just because there's another one that was just so ridiculous. But I guess the never scored an empty netter was also pretty ridiculous, but at that point he barely almost did that. Yeah, that's true. So the next question is, who is Tim Hurlbut? Hurlbut? What? Anyway. Who's who? Who is Tim Hurlbutt? Hurlbutt? Hurlbutt. Hurlbutt. Hurlbutt? This, you're making that name up. There's no way that's a person. I am not. (laughs) All right, let me go through the options. A Calgary streaker? A controversial? I'm still processing the guy's name is Hurlbutt. I don't know how to say his name. That's how it's spelled, so that's what I'm going with. Go I'm just getting my beer ready because I'm not going to get this right. I've never heard this guy in my life, but let's go. A Calgary streaker. A controversial Vancouver radio host. You don't even have to say anymore. It's it's the Calgary streaker. If the last name Hurlbut, Calgary streaker. That is my answer. The Zamboni driver? No, I don't care. (laughs) Do you not care? (laughs) No, I'm going with Hurlbut as a streaker. (laughs) You're correct. He's a <laughs> yes. <laughs> he scaled the glass up. during a Boston game on October 17, 2002. <laughs> Yo. That was, that was, that was like a, three years old, so. <laughs> I mean, with a name like Hurlbutt, if you weren't a streaker, that would just be like, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life if you're not a streaker with that last name? You're not a streaker. You're not... Like, Zamboni driver? Cool. But, like, Rollbutt? Uh, your last question is, who are the first twins? Hey, we're twins. Um, who are the first twins to play in the NHL? Obviously, we're out of the picture just because we're not the first ones to do it. But, like, we are obviously one of the ones to do it. Um, kidding. All right. 
Serious, serious time. Serious, Nick. <laughs> Who are the first twins to play in the NHL? Daniel and Henrik Sedin. Ron and Rich. What? Sedin. Did I say that? Did I not say that? What did I say? She said Sedin. So, oh, God. Okay. Uh, that, them. Those, that's, that's your first option. Ron and Rich Sutter. Patrick and Peter Sudstrom. Peter and Chris Ferraro. I'm going to go with... Uh, uh, Ferrara, the, the twins. No, it is the Sutter twins, um, in 1982. Alright, that's the end of our, uh, Tipsy twi- Twigs trivia tonight, especially since I can't talk anymore, it's probably a good thing. Okay, I can talk, but I'm losing focus. Anyway, that's the end of our Tipsy Twigs trivia. It was a more history-based trivia one this this time, but uh, next week we're gonna holly back on. So that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in and following us from wherever you listen to our podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social and YouTube. And see you, Dusters, next week. See you.